I'm a person that doesn't listen to podcasts. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Theo's <laughs> back. We, we back to talk about how Theo don't listen to podcasts. What is wrong? How how do you do that? How you how you on two podcasts and you don't listen? I mean, I just, it's hard. Even Audible, people like love Audible, like the audiobooks. I struggle, man. I drift off into my own thoughts. We want to welcome everybody to the All Heart oh, Podcast. Yeah. You're here. <laughs> that you're listening to. A podcast about joy and pleasure. Pleasure. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. I am Noni Lamar. And I am Thea Monnier. And we're here to, we, we heal in the culture. Yes, we are joy experts. Joy and pleasure experts. We getting it in every day. Yes. And making sure you get it in. Get every it. day. Get it in every get day. It in, every day. <laughs> in some way. Even if you got to get it in for yourself. I was thinking this this morning. Like, no one talks about, like, sick sex. Sick sex. Like, the, when you're the sick. Is sick, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I have a cold, right? Okay. So, it's like, what do you do when you're sick, but still feel like you want to get it in, but you don't want to be, like, coughing and hacking? I mean, I know people do this, but it's just that we don't talk about it. Why is it shamed? Why is sick, sick sex being shamed? You feel like... When you're having sex, you feel like having sex sick? You do? It depends on where we are in the sickness, right? Like if I'm in the throes of that shit, no. But if I'm at the early stages or I'm coming out of it, you know? You want to kiss sick? Not kiss. <laughs> oh, so this is no kissing sex? No. I mean, this is probably primarily fucking. But you know what I mean? Like, but This but, is quickie sick. This is Maybe. quickie sick sex. Don't it feel good to feel good for a minute when you feel sick? I don't think you should make love. I don't want to make love sick. Well, I'm not talking about making love. Doggy style only. Right. <laughs> right, of course. Naturally, yes. No, I don't I don't want to ride nobody. No, it's too much. And then you can, you can spread the germs. But I think it's perfectly sanitary to do the shit. I, I don't know. I, I'm actually just trying to imagine. I'm trying to go along with you. But I don't think I am a sick, a, a a sick, sick sex person. Not even um, doggy style? I don't, I don't Not even so. in the early stages. <laughs> like I'm thinking about like stomach flues. Like it just no, sounds like I'm just nausea. thinking like well, can we just talk about colds? Like some basic <laughs> shit. Why you gotta jump to stomach flu? No, I'm talking about like 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 yeah. cold. Like, I want to I want to give a special shout out to she who will remain nameless, uh, a friend of ours who she gets it in. And I remember when she was um I I, I know she won't mind because she yeah, tell everybody no, she doesn't mind. But she was in a rehab facility. Getting it in. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. So sick sex is like she's beyond that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just I just thought her about leg, it this her morning. leg was broken. Like can't sick people have put damn legs broken? <laughs> I'm thinking now what positions injured, are we taking? This is injured sex. So I don't want to get become ableist. Right. This no, is no, not no, an absolutely. ableist conversation. No, not at all. Okay. But no, actually that's a, that leads into a whole other discussion <laughs> about my uh sex therapy training. But um but no, completely. But there are different positions. That's that's what that made me think about. Like and there's mm. different toys for different positions and different like wedges and things like that. There's oh, actually um, support. Absolutely. Oh, you know what I would be good at sex? Restorative sex. Mm-hmm. They should have I should have like a cuz I love restorative yoga. Yes. I feel like Yes. And if I threw sex on top of like a restorative class and then when you're in in Shavasana, Mm. someone climbs on you. Right. Right. This is great. Right. This is we're just talking about all the ways that we can integrate (laughs) pleasure and that we should not be limited by a stuffy nose. Okay, get it get yours today. I I don't know about that though. I feel like I'm sick. (laughs) 
I hope I hope somebody. Oh, I have one quick question though. Sorry, I'm oh, sniffing. It's okay. Y'all are gonna have to. We're gonna have it. to edit this out or something. <laughs> Probably not. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, but I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I, the way Noni's looking at me is like, who's gonna want to have sex sex with your ass right now? Wiping your I'm like, nose. I'm like, who wants to coughing. hear? Coughing. I was like, are you sure you want to record? You're not feeling too well. Yeah, I'm here because I love you and because I need joy in my life too. Okay, let's hear your heart to heart. What's up? Oh, what is on my heart so deeply is Viola Davis gave this amazing speech at the Hollywood Reporter. I think it was an award ceremony. Probably. And um, she opens the speech with this sort of like background story about Martin Luther King having pneumonia the day he went to do his very last speech, knowing, you know, mm-hmm. prophesying his own death. Um, and then... She talked about a scene from The Exorcist and 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 feeling this the scene she talked about is the scene where the girl is upstairs and a you know possessed and all that and they shine a flashlight on her stomach and the words help me are written on right. her stomach right. and Viola Davis was talking about how she feels like that all the time in her life so that crazy. she's trapped in this organism that is constantly trying to not allow her to be her most authentic self. And the takeaway she said, which will be on a t-shirt I'll be rocking very soon, (laughs) was stop trying to tame us. There is something to be said about being wild. Mm. Oh my God. It was just liberating in so many ways. In fact, I had a meeting on my campus with people after that, and we were talking about what we could do to really open up the, you know, you can't just say a place is diverse. Right. You have to demonstrate that you value cultures being there. Right. And those cultures have, that those cultures add to the overall culture of the place. Right. And so I use Viola Davis's speech to talk about that. And I said, you know, one thing that can be done immediately is you can stop trying to tame us. There's something that said to be said about letting the black staff and faculty who have these wonderful ideas, these creative ideas run wild, but we all have to run them through a white person. Hey. Which definitely tames them. Yeah. And and, and is, a, is an attempt to tame us. I also, you know, you've been the person who's been like the most pro Leo person in my life. Like you've totally <laughs> encouraged me to be more Leo and hey. embrace it fully. Be and you. thinking about that, right? Leos take up a lot of space and we're big and a big person. And me always being wearing that almost shamefully that like I, I was... Uh, a deterrent for people or I was going to hurt people by being that big. Mm. Um, and so you've always been encouraging me to like, just, I, just be wild. I think there's a part of me that identifies with the idea of being in that organism saying, help me. Cause I feel like if I was able to be my biggest, wildest self that I know I would be this beast, mm. like crazy, like mm. unstoppable, like creative mm. and, and fierce and all these things, but then I'm afraid of who I think I would hurt. Maybe I've been conditioned to think I would hurt people. Maybe it would actually bless people. When I think about Beast that mm-hmm. I admire, like Shonda Rhimes or mm-hmm. Beyonce, these are people who don't apologize for their bigness at all. Oprah. Oprah. And and their bigness does liberate me. Just seeing them be mm-hmm. big liberates me. 
And maybe that's been the way I could help people, but I've never looked at it as a way to be helpful. Mm. Um, and so her saying that was really, really, oh, it stayed with me. You know me, I'd probably get it tattooed on my body somewhere because that's I'm really big on tattoos. Dope. That's a really dope. Can you say it one more time? I love that quote. Stop trying to tame us. There is something to be said about being wild. I love that. I, I mean, I saw that. the same video and I didn't even... You didn't catch that part? No, mm-hmm. I didn't. You were like, ooh, that's my jam. That was it. That that was it for me. Like, it just gave me all the life. Literally, I mean it. It could be a tattoo pretty soon. Y'all don't know. I, I'm big on that shit. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay, um, my... What's on my heart? Um, it's a little bit lighter. Uh, so the other day, I've been thinking a lot about flavor. So just so y'all know, I'm a big time food person. You think they don't know that by now? No. Oh. If y'all have, maybe if this is your first time, but if this is not your first time, I'm pretty sure uh, you know that no one is into her food. It's obvious. It is very clear, my friend. It's obvious. Okay. Very clear. I want y'all to let me know in our Instagram DMs if you've um tried uh, the mushrooms, the adaptive mushrooms, or, or, or you do your Instacart. Instacart. Please. But I got to tell you something. We we went old school this week. So um, my partner came home the other day and he had um, a cup of some some drink. He had a drink with him from a takeout spot. And I was kind of like, what is he never gets a drink? We don't get drinks. We drink water. If we drink something, it's like freshly pressed mm-hmm, green mm-hmm, juices, mm-hmm. you know, or like you know, I I, I like a good matcha, I but like they don't good... know you in the food. <laughs> <laughs> I like a good, a good matcha. So he brings home this thing. He's like, boys, gather round. I need to tell you about a little something. And he starts telling this story about a drink that he grew he grew up drinking, um, a, mm. co- a cultural cornerstone. A drink that he said, I didn't have a lot of money growing up, but my mother made sure that I had the best tasting drink on the planet. And um, he introduced our very organic <laughs> pescatarian children to a concept called Kool-Aid. Oh, snap. And he said, Red Kool-Aid. He said, and I, I went to a restaurant and they offered me a cup of Kool-Aid and I said, I don't drink that. But then he said, I thought of you too. And I thought, you know, you deserve to taste. You Kool-Aid deserve to have one taste of Kool Aid. He said, "If you drink a whole cup, <clears throat> you may lose your mind." From- Especially your children, who have been very—they uh, <laughs> have not enjoyed such things. So, so he gave a little shot. Oh, the baby couldn't have any because no. she's two. Like she's still developing. They're, they're a little bit older. So he gave each of them. A little taste, a shot of Kool Aid, and of Kool-Aid. me, and we put it in a little teacup. And I love it. The three of us did cheers, and I drank the Kool Aid. And I don't know, <laughs> mm, I don't know what is the last time I had Kool Aid, but that shit was bomb. <laughs> it was so good. Kool Aid, yo, that shit was amazing. So yeah, good. Yeah. Kool-Aid. I have not made a picture of Kool-Aid <laughs> in my whole adult life, I uh, think. Look, when they're like, Kool-Aid is so delicious. There's a reason. There's like, a reason. Like, I love freshly pressed beet juice. <laughs> but it ain't got ginger. nothing on no cherry Kool-Aid. But <laughs> Yo, that Kool-Aid, I think it was made. This is so great. Pa- I love this story. punch flavor or something like that. But I was thinking, I, I took one sip. And I threw the rest out because I was like, this is just... This is going to be a thing. 
well, first of all, like I can't. I knew I couldn't handle it. Like mm-hmm. my body was like, oh, formulating. What is that? What is that? What is this? Is Kool Aid reject, reject, reject Kool Aid, reject Kool Aid. You should have frozen. Do you remember how it used to be that I used to love? I don't know if you remember this. When we used to live together, I used to love McDonald's French fries. Yeah. But every time I would eat them, it would make my stomach hurt. Yeah. And so I had to just stop eating yeah. fast food. This was, uh, y'all, you should know this was quite a long time yeah. ago. Like, it's like 12 good, years ago. 12 years ago. So I probably haven't had fast yeah. food. Like, I definitely haven't had McDonald's in over 12 years. But yeah, yeah like I can't, I yeah. actually can't. Eat. Physically consume I physically yeah. can't. Yeah. Like, I want to eat yeah. goldfish crackers. Yeah. Like, I want to <laughs> eat processed food. It's so delicious. Yeah. But my body says, you, yeah, says absolutely not. Yeah. Like, go alkaline. My body's like, go alkaline, go alkaline, go yeah. alkaline. And lately, I've been eating, like, I've been eating my fillings. Uh-huh. It's been we've cold. Been a little, we've been a little... We might have been going overboard with our hookah. <laughs> I think of you every time. <laughs> I've been going a little overboard. I've been eating things that I, I didn't step on the scale since our last. No, we don't need to. The last record. I, I usually step on the scale every morning to keep myself accountable. I Do learned, you? I learned it from Beyonce. Just wear waist beads. I learned it from Beyonce. Does so she step on the scale every morning? I read it somewhere. Oh my God. But you know people say a lot. So They do say a lot. In my mind, I was like, if Beyonce steps on the scale every morning, I keep don't. Accountable. Thea does not. Thea steps on the scale like once a year. I do. And so um, I decided in the name of Huga, I was going to, uh, which is, if you haven't listened to our last episode, it's mm-hmm. all about, you know, pleasure, enjoying life. Comfiness. Yeah, comfiness. I decided for two weeks, I'm not going to step on the yeah. scale, right? And then I stepped on the scale. And there were five extra, there's an extra five <laughs> on, there's an extra five on the scale. I think mine might be an extra 10. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I think I do need to, but I think it's. But I'm just going to end this this year out strong. Yeah. In, in comfort. Yes. But the last thing I wanted to say, because I've been thinking a lot about flavors since I tasted Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> and what makes things good? Like what makes yeah. food good? And so the other day, a girlfriend and I, a good friend of mine, we went out to eat. And she took me to this place and she's like, this place is so good. And everybody eats. It's just, she named all these. She name dropped a bunch of people that uh-huh. eat here and they filter the water 10,000 times. And it's just a really clean restaurant with really clean food. And it's very healthy and no light. Flavor. And now look, I was like, I want to try it. I had these dishes there that I'm not going to say that they had no flavor. They definitely had flavor, but they didn't have the flavors that I consider to be good food, which made me rethink what do I consider to be good food? Mm -hmm. Because this food was obviously excellent Mm -hmm. and I enjoyed the meal so much, but it was the food tasted like the things, but they got the highest quality of the thing of the right. thing. And yeah. so for the first time I could really taste like what a Brussels sprouts. Yeah, it was yeah. like these little flowers and mm-hmm. it was uh, it was like a like uni, like it was like a very high end spot, like uh-huh. high end seafood and lots of vegetables and the you know, there wasn't there was like burrata and tomatoes and basil, but Usually when you have burrata and tomatoes and basil, I'm about to just food nerd out right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, but when you have <laughs> I'm writing down at least two things that I don't know what they are. Okay. Burrata, uni. Okay, got it. 
<laughs> when you have those things, you're going to put some some more salt and it had less salt than mm-hmm. I would expect. Mm-hmm. But doesn't mean that it wasn't seasoned because it was. But I felt like I was being challenged to enjoy food that tasted like the food and not like the seasonings. Yeah. And it was just a different experience. I like. feel like even in ancient times, we found a way to season some stuff. I mean, but am, am I am I craving the food or am I craving the seasonings? Am I, I just seasoning? Am I just looking for for uh, just vehicles for seasonings? I mean, sure, of course. I think that's what Sweet Potato Soul kind of talks about in her um, cookbook. Mm-hmm. Is like the how she helps people transition is like you can still have the flavor. And not be eating like meat or whatever, dairy, you know? Yeah, I was thinking about those flavors for a long, long time. Like, I've been thinking about them for a couple of days. Like, it, it was just so different. I had never had those flavors before. The way they were presented was different. Like, they lifted up this, they lifted up this top and then there was like all of this rose, rosemary scented smoke uh-huh. that, that flowed like flowered out so they lifted it up and it's like this fog and you look through the fog and you see this little tiny bite of uni toast and you just go and you just bite it but that was enough let me tell you something (laughs) for all you other folks (laughs) but i did read a yelp review that said they went for burgers after because they were hungry I can't. First of all, bougie places never give you enough food. They always rely on... Here's the bottom line. I think we all know this, right? I don't care what you season your food with. If you ain't got salt or pepper, we ain't going to taste it. Did you see that Oprah video where she someone unearthed this old Oprah video where she's eating this chicken? Oh, yeah, I think with I no seasoning? Yes, yes. Like, no. Like, it literally... If you could put... I do it sometimes. I'm like, oh, let me put this and add these herbs in. Yeah. And I always end up being like, this shit needs salt and pepper. Like, you know, at the end of the day. Maybe those are enhancers. You don't really need pepper. I love pepper. You don't really need it. I do need it. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't I don't, add that I don't much. agree. It I doesn't do add... It. You know I cook well. Think about the food that you eat and I may do. It's good, but, you, you know, you needed some pepper. My, <laughs> it needed pep- some pepper. <laughs> I think, like, pepper's a part of my culture. Pepper and... <laughs> Curry. Well, I put cayenne. I like cayenne, but I love black pepper. Okay. I love black pepper. I don't think you've missed it. I'm going to keep making you dishes and I'm going to tell you, do you taste the black pepper? I mean, not, maybe not when you cook it, but when <laughs> I, my mama, we heavy handed with the pepper. We like pepper. I love, so if I'm going to use black pepper, like I'm going to go hard. We love, I have to see the black pepper the, in the, my food. The little sprinkles of black pepper don't do nothing for nobody. I have to see the pepper. Floating in my food to feel like it's there. This food was really good. I don't want to. I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I enjoyed the meal. It was a meal that stayed with me. I had a relationship with the meal. I thought about the flavors. I'm still thinking about them. I want to go back so I can eat them again, and and think about them more. It was more like food as a dinner entertainment. I felt like I was reading a novel. <laughs> I'm not going to yuck your yum. I'm not going to yuck your yum. Don't yuck my yum. I'm not. Don't yuck my yum. It's no. My mom took me to this burger spot. <laughs> it's no Popeye's. Uh, got it's no Popeye's turkey. Some fried zucchini. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um, she was amazing. It's delicious. Well, that's what's on my heart. Well, actually, <laughs> on my stomach. That's like your that's, stomach. What's on, that's what's on my scale. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so. 
Today's main topic. Today's main topic. Today's main topic is about packing light. Pack light. That phrase, even like when we were brainstorming it, like it it can mean so many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that's my jam. First of all, yeah, shout yeah, out yeah, to yeah. Erica Badu because Bag Lady will never retire on my playlist because there's always some shit that I can't hurry up. Cause and catch my buzz, cause I got too much stuff. Like she always makes me aware. When they see you coming, what niggas take off running from you? Uh, oh, Thea, go. It's true. Go ahead, Thea. Oh yes, it's true. <laughs> go ahead, Thea. Y'all don't know Thea. Y'all got, don't Thea. know Thea. <laughs> got a voice. Y'all know I can sing. Thea got a secret voice. I got over a there. secret voice. In my other lives, I'm sure I was. Girl, I would have loved to be a singer in this life. <laughs> I don't know why they took that from me. Maybe I didn't value it I enough. Think, I think all like you need it. is a few lessons. A few lessons. You, but holler, you can holler at my girl Aretha. She get you right. <laughs> that song itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can. Let's. We we got to just break down the lyrics. When they see you coming, mm. niggas take off running from from you. you. It's true. <laughs> oh, oh yes, yes they, they do. do. <laughs> One day he gonna say. You crowd in my space. Let me tell y'all out there. <laughs> one day he didn't say that to me. <laughs> he could say like your stuff. Ain't no knee. Ain't no knee. Your stuff. Ain't no knee. Your sadness in here. Oh my god. I'm, I won't say this. This. This was. This day wasn't. This day wasn't too long ago. No, this is real because yeah. folks be having folks be like wanting a man, right. wanting a partner, right? But got exes. Oh stuff. Oh all up. In. What's that one? What's that that one music soul child song where he's like, "You punishing me for things your ex Oof. did" or something like that? I mean, it's I be telling people like, <clears throat> it's like if you want somebody to park, but somebody else's car in the parking spot. What they supposed <laughs> to do? Sit and wait for? They gonna drive off? You know what I'm saying? Well, some niggas want to be there, so. You know, and then there's the type of man that is down for the woman who who already got a lot of baggage because yeah. it's kind of like a a one like she just get in and get out, get in and get out because she already tripping off some other shit, right? You right. know, so just get in, get in there, wipe a couple of tears, right, and go on about your business, right? It could it could be an actual, you know. You don't have to invest as much time when yeah, someone but, is thinking about somebody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I'm just saying there's a but for of the woman. I don't know how that would work out. Like so, I mean, like literally, like this ties to me. This ties in so many ways. So we're gonna go through different realms okay. of packing light. Okay, let's go. I'm gonna let y'all know when we start this this conversation. I'm a physical minimalist and emotional hoarder. <laughs> Pack. Rat. <laughs> okay. So I everyone knows I love to forgive. I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. I forgive a lot. But I have a lot of feelings. Yes. Inside. Yeah. I got a lot of feelings in here. I mean, for me, you know, we know there's certain signs that I will say okay. pack heavier than others. Okay. Shout out to my Scorpios. <laughs> Shout out with to your, my Taurus With your non-forgiving asses Shout out to my Taurus I'm also a Taurus Shout out to To my, my fellow Tauruses We've been known to To hold a grudge To hold or two. a grudge or two To hold a grudge or two That's why I had to learn to forgive <sighs> mm. Okay Because I feel like You know 
This can be hard. This is real. This can be harder for some people than others. So, shout, out, to, shout out to my Gemini's who keep it moving. We have, uh, as a Leo, I must say, we assume that it's your loss. <laughs> <laughs> And we're often, I've often been proven right in that area. (laughs) Y'all are like, y'all are like, you're bad. Literally, for Leo's decision making comes down to like a 51, 50, maybe 52%. When we get 52% of ourselves in agreement, we're like, I'm going to do that shit. Like, it's really not super, but we have to exhibit a lot of patience for our signs that need to be at like 99.99. Listen, a special, you know, I got a Pisces moon like you do, and I have a a Pisces child, and talk about, he held a lot of food. Waiting in the water. He got a lot of feelings. He has so many feelings. He has so many words. For those feelings. There's so many feelings. There's yeah. so we you know, our family saw an astrologer <sighs> one time and they told us he told us we needed some um some other energy because both me and my partner we have Pisces heavy in our chart and we had a Pisces. Uh-huh. And he was like, Y'all need like a some more children. Like a Sagittarius, yeah. which is what we had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like y'all need some some fire signs in there yeah. that'll just Cause y'all balance it out. Yeah, y'all be like, oh, feeling. I feel like water signs get hit the hardest when it comes to this. Oh my god, water signs may just be waiting up. <laughs> I have two cancer parents. Ooh. yeah, this, we on an astro. Everyone who don't like astrology, you're bad. You're bad because we <laughs> on astrology tip. But also on some just like chiropractic ergonomic shit. Okay, I have a backpack that I got earlier in the year that I love. Backpack. Packpack is here right now. Okay. We will post a picture of Packpack on okay. Instagram. Okay, we want to talk about the physical first. We're going to talk about the physical. Yeah, I'm just okay. going to jump into that. Let's just jump into the physical because that's what I want to talk about. This is how I came to this conclusion because okay. Packpack, one of the best things about Packpack is he's one of those bags that the more you beat him up, the better he looks. Wait, he has a name? His name is Packpack? Packpack. <laughs> Why black we can, people, his, why, his official name is Patrick, but we're black, so he has to have why a nickname. Black people always, Pack, Pack. Why black people nicknames always like Mimi? It's got to be the double double. We're working with the natural development of the child. I'm going to flip this. Pack Pack. Okay. Pack Pack. Pack Pack. I got before I went to Panama, and I was really excited about getting a bag that could fit everything, right? Right. I wanted it to fit like my laptop, my headphones, my passion planner, my Markets for my passion planner, my makeup bag, like everything, everything, everything. And Pack Pack had so many compartments and pockets, and they showed on the uh, website how it could fit so many things. And I was like, You're the one for me, Pack Pack. We'll go everywhere together. Like, I use public transportation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was like, I'll take everything in Pack Pack. We'll travel the world, Pack Pack. Mm. And we have. Mm. And Pack Pack has definitely <laughs> carried his fair share of okay. stuff. Okay. So after I did that nine-day cleanse, and I think that was October, um, one of the things I realized was Pack Pack is heavy as fuck. <laughs> like, I love him, but it was like carrying a small child to do like small, simple things. Like, I couldn't just grab a wallet. I was like... And, and a lot of what was in Pack Pack was like this just in case mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so what's going to happen? Like, you're going to run into somebody and decide that you're going to like 
have a doctor's appointment and need to write it down immediately. Like, <laughs> like, why do you need the pins and the planner? Yeah. And the, so it was just like a lot, like all these herbs I had in my bag. Like, what if I have an anxiety attack? What if I feel like a sniffle? What if I, like, it was just a lot of what ifing and a lot of preventative and pre- prepping, you know, mm. like doomsday prepping on my backpack, mm. in, in my back, you know, I mean, mm. in my bag. So I was like, this is a lot to carry around. And how do you be present mm. when you're clearly preoccupied with <laughs> what could be, right? Not what is, but what could be. And I've started like downgrading the stuff in backpack. So I don't carry my planner anymore. I don't carry a full makeup bag. I just carry like some lip gloss. I don't carry all my vitamins and herbs with me. I don't. And some days I leave with backpack and I feel like, did I forget something? Because I'm so used to backpack being heavy, but it's been like, it's felt good it's felt to like good, walk huh? around and not have all that on my back. Well, I want to say that I grew up with a mother who probably had seven backpacks um, at all times. At all times. I mean, my mom, she still has a very heavy bag and... It always had everything in it. Like, I think sometimes she might have had a full gallon of water in that piece. Like, (laughs) and I remember thinking, like, why? Like, I remember as a child, she tried to give me a purse. And I said, I don't want one. I don't want it. I don't want a bag. I see you carrying that bag for All them bags. Why do I need that? I don't want a bag. It took me a long time as a woman to start carrying a bag. I've never been even... A person that's that obsessed with designer bags because it it, it just looks like it looks weight. It, it looks like weight yeah. to me. And yeah. And I come from a home also where my mom is a cancer and uh-huh. she likes to keep a lot of things. She still has my second grade spelling <laughs> homework every week Aww. stored away. Is that cute? I don't know. <laughs> it just felt cute. <laughs> is it? I just wanted to see it now that you mentioned it. Because when I see it, I see just stuff, just stacks of boxes. I see a storage facility being paid for. You have a home. You have a home and a storage facility. I'm not trying to knock mom if you're listening to this. I love you so much. You know, I love you. And I'll clean out every Every closet for you. (laughs) If you need me to come over right now, mom, I will clean it out for you. But it just it we moved a lot as a kid. Yeah, we yeah. moved constantly. Yeah. I went to thirteen schools. Yeah. You know, in my yeah. before <clears throat> I got to college. So every year we had to pack all that shit up. Yes. We yes. had to pack all that shit. And, and what is up. it for? And I would be like, we haven't even opened the that those part. boxes that part. in two years. That like, part. why am I still moving these boxes? Just throw them away. Yes. And so I developed a personality that was very much against physical, just like collection of things. Like what is, people give me, I'm sorry, if you're going to give me a birthday card or you send me a greeting (laughs) card, I'm going to tell you right now. You're not keeping it. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell y'all what I do with those things. And and, and if you've wondered, if you're listening, you wonder why I never sent you a thank you card. Here's why. And I just sent you a text that said, thank you. I appreciate you so much. It's because I open up the card, I look at it, and I put it, and I love it, and I say thank you while we're looking at each other, and I put it to the side. And then the next time I see that card, I open it up, I put it to my heart, and I, mm, thank you, and I throw that shit in the trash. Yeah. 
Yeah. If it's really bomb, like something that I really love, I take a photo. Yeah. <laughs> I save said photo in my Dropbox. Yeah. <laughs> and I keep it fucking pushing. Yeah. I don't understand what are we holding on to all this stuff for? Like, what do we need all of this physical things? And I'm actually a Taurus, right? So I rule the material. The material, yeah, yeah. I believe in a few things yeah. of excellent quality. You do believe in excellent quality. I believe in excellent quality. Like pack, pack. Pack, pack is excellent quality. Like, when you got that, I was like, I got a bag like that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a great bag. It's a great bag. I have a bag. <clears throat> that bag costs $200. You'll have it forever. I still have that bag. I've had it. I got, like, a really designer diaper bag. It was, like, two two fifty something like that. It was a very nice bag. Like, I don't want a $30 design, uh, diaper bag. I want a, a great leather diaper bag that yes. took me through two children. Yeah. And then I get a, another one. Like, I own, like, I own, I have the least amount of stuff in my house. Everyone has 10 times more clothing. More stuff than you, yeah. Yeah, but I decided some years ago, like, I'm just going to have this amount of sh- clothes, these, these amount of shoes, and I'll just mix and match those things. Yeah. And then yeah. when I see something and I'm in love with it, I'll get it, but... Like I already have a stylish like yeah. personality. Yeah. I put some flair on it, throw yeah. some accessories. But honestly, the keeping up of it, the washing it, the folding it, the dry cleaning it, the, uh, all of this, all the energy that we pour into taking care of our stuff. So you bring up a really good point. You brought up two actually that I want to ponder with you. Okay. One is there's a book I think I've mentioned it before. I'm not sure. Caught the. Um, Mutant Message Down Under. I love that book. I love that book too. Okay. And I love the part where the... Um, it's been a minute. Yeah, where the... Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the indigenous culture they were talking to, but they were talking to this woman who... Um, it's, it's a book about um, basically Aboriginal people in um, Australia and this mm-hmm. woman going on a walkabout. Mm-hmm. She was a medical doctor from America and she was on a walkabout with these... Um, with these people. And so they were teaching her uh, so many things. It's such a great book. But one of the things they stopped and talked to her about was that there are three things that separate what they call fear people, which is us. We are the, we're not, they, no, this is what they, they're human beings because they are still connected to nature and and they live by the earth. But we are fear people because Mm. we've devolved from that. So the three things that separate us, they said, were one, we're addicted to water, Mm. that we really don't need as much water, or we shouldn't need as much water as we consume. Mm. Two, that we can't eat from the earth. Mm. Like, you know, we have to cook things and Mm -hmm. all that because we don't have the system anymore to eat just meat or whatever Mm -hmm. they were eating. They were eating different things, but they had to cook things in Mm. order for them to be safe. We have to cook things for them to be safe. They did not. Mm. The third thing was our attachment to things. Mm. And they said that things hold fear. And I was like, oh my God. Like throughout the book, you saw them build something and then give it back to the earth and then walk on. Yeah, And the attachment to things is really, it's an addiction and it's something that, again, I think breeds this idea of what I was saying before, this anxiety of, do I have everything I need? Do I, am I okay? Do, just in case? And just in case? Just in case? And not being present. And it, uh, it, uh, it forms this accumulation. What if I need this pink top? What if I need a black dress? What if I need this? And like, if you need it, when you need it, 
you'll have it or you won't have it and you'll find something else. You will. But that's not the way our culture kind of uh, makes us think. And you made me think of something when you talk about your mom and her bags. It's like, I think motherhood was a really big catalyst mm. for that with me because when you're walking around with an infant, yeah, you, you have to, to have everything. There's a lot, of, a lot of preparation or even a toddler or even a small child. You have, you, we saw Beyonce pull out her snacks at the awards, right? I she mean, has to be ready. I want to let you know, if you decide to be a minimalist like me and not care about things as much, you will be unprepared sometimes. Yes. My my baby threw up the other day <laughs> and I forgot to, usually I pack her one little I, I'm going to tell you how I don't even want to pack. So I don't even, I pack like a onesie, like a, like a pajama. You're right. Cause right. I know you'll be warm. Yeah. You'll have, you'll have sleeves. You'll yeah. have pants. Yes. And the basics, I, the basics. I don't have a diaper bag anymore. I can just put a, I can put a onesie pajama and two diapers and a little, little thing of wipes, wipes in, in my bag. purse yeah. and I keep it pushing like, yeah. but I was unprepared. Yes. And so yeah. I had to, I had to make do. I had to figure something out to make sure yeah. she was clean and had a change. And like, but even in that unpreparedness, it gave you an opportunity to see that you still had what you would need. It was, it was there somewhere. I'm saying I've, I've made plenty. I've made plenty a Target run. I've made plenty <laughs> a mall run real quick when I'm out and I didn't have something that I needed. And twenty dollars later, I have something that I need. It's like. I just think that often the the crisis right we are in a, a crisis mentality for sure it's not it's not that it's not that urgent it's not that urgent <clears throat> anything can kind of like be figured out yeah. like yeah and yeah I'm just way more committed to not having the things that's the thing of mothering yeah that is hard is that children have a lot of stuff and yeah. I'm constantly like, and going, they want a lot of stuff sometimes. They do, and I'm constantly going through their things and yeah. like teaching, like, okay, you haven't played with this in six months. Yes. It's time for you to give it to someone else who will enjoy it more, you know. And yeah. I do that same assessment in my own head. Yeah. Like about once a month, I lay in my bed and I look around my house and and I think, what is something in here that if there was a fire, <laughs> right, I would cry. Right. For losing. And if I can identify something like I have this beautiful electric guitar that I really put a lot of like, I just put a lot of extra emotion around it mm-hmm. and finding it and getting this perfect thing. And like I, I, I made it the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. I have to do exercises to detach myself from that thing. Yes. Yes. You know, I was like that about my couch. I was like, because yes. couches ain't cheap. No, they're not. And I was being an and asshole. They, they, they have and they have memories. They do. And I was being an asshole though with the like, with the children. Like, don't sit on I the- remember you were feeling <laughs> you very protective about the couch. And then as soon as Amina could get her hands on some markers, she just she just drew Wrecked all over. It. She just drew all over because it. Steph holds fear. When we moved, we moved from Lamert. Because of the gentrification thing, I felt like I was gonna catch a case. <laughs> I really did, what? and so uh, which I was is so which is angry. a whole which is a whole another thing like our attachment right? to spaces, our attachment to our neighborhood, right? Like so, this yeah, that really to me. taught me that too, right? Like yeah. here I was in this very Afrocentric community where I didn't have to think about my blackness at all. It was just like a given, and it was whatever. And then when it was being like threatened, yeah, in a way, this safe haven, I had to say, well, 
were was that just so that you could just be black in that space or so that you could own that same energy internally wherever you go, right? Mm-hmm. Should you be able to be in a space, nestle, learn from it, grow from it, and then take that energy with you wherever you go? And so we ended up moving Pasadena, Altina area, which we were like, you know, we, we, we're like, Right at the cusp of the two, because mm-hmm. I can't do South Pasadena. No shade, but y'all know what it is. And so I love South Pasadena. I literally can't. It's the bougiest way. Like, I just, it just can't. love so, I love. I know South you Pasadena. like bougie stuff, though. I love South Pasadena. I can't deal with pretentiousness. So um, <laughs> I needed to be as close to the mountains, to Obata as possible. And so... <laughs> Found like this, like it's like mountain. It feels like a mountain town out the closer you get, mm-hmm. and like folks is just regular as fuck out there, which I really like. Um, but you know, it was like, like how you realized I was packing a lot of things, right? Because even in a all black area, you're always talking about race. Mm-hmm. You're always talking about whiteness, and mm-hmm. so being in this space, I never have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And where I am now, like that never comes up. I mean, because where I am is not like in whiteness. No, it isn't. Like it's very mixed. Yeah. But it's also like they think about other shit. Right. So, you know, something about the mountains seems to just calm people down. But but in moving there, we had to make a conscious decision because the place that we had at Lamert was really big. Yeah, you had a really big We had a lot of space, a lot of closet space, big bedrooms, all that. And so where we moved to... The house itself was less square footage, um, but the outside was much, much, yeah, much larger. So, so big and beautiful. So I consciously said, if we move into a smaller like living space, then we can't take as much shit and we can't keep as much shit. Like ongoingly, we'll have to purge. Right. We'll have to, to be comfortable. Um, my Our youngest is, I looked around that room today and I was like, just dump this whole fucking basket in the trash. Like, don't even look through it. You you know you haven't touched it. You literally cleaning your room is just stacking this basket. So just toss it. But we can do those kind of assessments because it gets uncomfortable when it's too full. But we mm-hmm. had to create the space to be tight enough yeah. to recognize that. And, and, and then the outside allows us to be more of like ourselves. So it had to be a conscious decision. It, it, I mean, I have to be honest with you. The tiny house movement, <clears throat> that gives me um, uh, like uh, the hippie jeepies. Yeah. Like to see like, you know, like how tiny yeah, how tiny people live. But I under I want to live in a big space with very little things. Yeah. But I understand that the more, you, the smaller your house is, the more time you're going to spend outside. Yeah. And the more time you're going to be enjoying the environment, yeah. you're going to be enjoying the world. And the less you're going to be accumulating shit. You can't. Exactly. That's my fear. I've always, like people always say they want a big house. Mm-hmm. I have two fears about a big house. Okay. And niggas who don't know how to leave it is, is one of my top ones, right? Wait, people, wait, hold on. <laughs> Rewind. People see you got a big space and they like feel hella comfortable to be like be there and stay for long periods of time. I know. So I'm like eh. people people do that a lot of my and people come over and stay for a long time at my house. I love it. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I, the Leo in me is, I'm very ambiverted. Yeah. I can be very extroverted, but there's a time limit. Yeah. I like I like being by myself. And well, I already got to regulate that with the family well, that's in the house. I'll, I'll just be like, y'all can stay, but I'm going to take a nap. But this is what this is. Yeah. So, But I'm growing out of that because Mark is the opposite. If we have a spare anything, he's <laughs> going to try to move somebody in <laughs> and be like, they need this. 
And I'm so like, sweet. I need. So sweet. Again. I need. I'm just trying to keep did balance you, with the five did that y'all, are here. Did y'all hear that? The perfect husband. <laughs> we, we have no, it's not perfect because I'd be like, what are the parameters around this? Like, how long is this person staying? Like, what is this? Because like, I don't, I don't, I don't like adjusting to a lot of new energies. So, but I feel like. What my ideal would be is to get a house that like had enough place to entertain people when I want to and enjoy them. And then it's like a separate guest house where they don't have to be in my space and I don't have to be in theirs. And they could like stay as long as they need to. That wouldn't bother me. And Mark could be back there with them. Yeah, sure. Being being a great host, you know, (laughs) like being a great person. That's wonderful. But, But I know that about myself. But yeah, so that's my one. That that people getting a big house means that People think that they could just come and stay forever. And two is that it accumulates a lot of stuff. Like without thinking about it, because there's space to put things, you just start to put things in spaces. And Mm. so I think now with this consciousness, I could get a big house and feel comfortable with somebody being there and things like that. But but for a minute, I felt a kind of way about it. You just have to tell yourself, I won't buy no cheap shit. And then you won't have as much stuff. Well, if I had a big ass house, I ain't buying no more cheap <laughs> shit. You know, this is only a temporary situation for I mean, me right now. Tell yourself, like everything gotta be this price and up. Everything that will cut you know what? Like, damn it, Noni, that is a great strategy. My, that's that my down. strategy on my clothing. Like I have a a, a ceiling a, a basement. What's the basement? I won't tell you. Damn it. <laughs> tell me off. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I I have a basement for how much my clothes have to start at this price and they can't they can't go under that. Yeah. And be- that's a great strategy. Yeah. If they are that price, then it allows me to have less things. The only the only caveat for that is I will buy things that are um vintage. Oh yes. But they- that's good that's usually really good quality stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so we do want to touch on the other parts. Uh, so that was very much about physical, emotional. We've talked about mm-hmm. lack of forgiveness. Right. I also want to talk about waiting. Tell me what you mean. So, like, I feel like we hold space for things that we want to happen, like mm-hmm. expectations. And oh, okay, yeah. that can start to take up a lot of storage in the cloud. Right. Right? So, like, oh, I want this type of person. Oh, I want this type of job. Oh, I want... And it takes up space for what's actually trying to happen and what mm-hmm. can be. Mm-hmm. And I find that... Well, one, I find it frustrating. It's not something that I try to practice. Like if I catch myself doing it, I try to get rid of it as soon as possible. But going back to like what we were saying about like some of different signs, different personalities, that waiting does create an atmosphere where they can't mm. appreciate what's happening right now. Yeah. Or even like the the incremental shifts towards what they want, right? Mm-hmm. But like there's just like this space holding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that waiting and what if thing. Mm-hmm. I think cause, you know, mm-hmm. I've been there, I've mm-hmm. done it, but I found that it made me really not a fun person to be around. Tell me more about it. What were you doing? At- I was like, almost like fantasizing about like what I wanted to make happen. Like, you know, oh, I want to have this amount of money and then I'll have this type mm-hmm. of car and this type of this and this type of, and so when I would, when my reality didn't match that, I would feel some kind of way. Right now, that's how I feel when I watch the Kardashians. Because <laughs> I, I look at they they spot. I'm like, why are they living in my house? Why? Why? <laughs> it builds like this feeling. I feel of resentment, like, and then you feel like I work hard. 
<laughs> I'm a good person. I know. What is this karma check showing up? I'm, you know. Like, but it was building like a lot of that what if thing and like because when I see that, you know, the biggest thing is not even their homes or their cars. It's that they have a trainer. Is that the biggest thing? Yeah, for me. You know, I tell you all that the comes time. to the house. And they go outside and they do the workout. Because I'm like, if I had that, like... What always kills me about the Kardashians is... And I will never let this go. This is, I will hold space for this. She was whacking that sex tape. <laughs> I, if she had put it down... If she had put it down, I would be like, bitch, make your money. You know what I'm saying? You better work that trainer. Real quick aside. That should be Thea. Ray J's house. Thea, you cannot... You cannot... <laughs> I feel like it's unfair to judge a person's sexual performance based solely on one sex tape because maybe they not if they made millions off that sex tape. No, nah, there there are people that she okay. might not have been that attracted to him. Maybe not, but the bottom line is, if you knew you blew up off a sex tape that you was whacking. I'm not gonna. That make should be any, Ray J's house. I'm not, I'm not saying that she's. Maybe she's improved. Make, not, I don't know what her skill set is now. I'm a big Kardashian fan. You are, and this is the thing, <laughs> because this is, you would never allow. You would never feel like if there was like some whack ass actress out there making billions of dollars living in your dream house. Thea, oh, that's happening. Thea, listen. is that happening right now? Thea, they're so good to each other. They love each other. I don't know. What they this work is turning so into. hard. You want to go back to the subject? The fact... We, we, no, we're going to finish this we today. We're going to argue. We're gonna do, no, listen. This is going to be is our first Is this about fight. them being good people? Or is this about a whack sex tape? Listen. Nope. You focus on the whack sex tape for a minute. No, you don't want to say it. Just admit that they, they she was turned, whack in the tape. They turned something, you know, was challenging. She the tape? They turned shit into gold. Was she whack in the tape? <laughs> this is helping Your you. Honor, this is a hostile witness. <laughs> Director to answer my question Your honor I feel like I'm being bullied <laughs> was she acting? You know she was Whacking the sex tape though hey. This is a podcast About pleasure We have to be okay, able to it, be look, it looked like She wasn't enjoying herself it looked like she wasn't enjoying herself. Well, he didn't seem to be. He didn't seem to be bringing much to the party. That's oh me. no, Ray J was putting it down. <laughs> that nigga did back bends. The shit was. Maybe I didn't. Extra, you we know, have to rewatch you, you, this. You know what? Maybe I only seen a few frames. I can't because literally. you know maybe I only you saw seen some a, still photos. Is what I think I, think, I think I only saw the parts with um the head parts. And she was whack on that. It just seemed like she didn't like. I mean, well, maybe she doesn't. But the rest of it was whack too. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so what I think about it, I just be like, could this is what I say to myself? Could a black woman, superhead? We can name so many black women, Lawrence <laughs> Fishburne's daughter, who did sex tapes and put in a lot more work and have not blown up like that. Superhead was living a good life. Off of, off of her, her name is Superhead. Bitch. Her name is Superhead. <laughs> but my point is, is she a Kardashian? <laughs> is she living in that life? No. I just don't think because you know, I thought the because, same way about Paris Hilton because the Kardashians do work because they're pimps. <laughs> okay, we're moving on. <laughs> okay, wait. Car- so carrying that- heavy loads. <laughs> we were talking about waiting and what ifing and other people's shit and other people's shit. Waiting. What if I was a Kardashian? What if? And that's all. Like um, my partner calls it parasocial. Hmm. That the parasocial is what is really causing a lot of disease for all of us. Like hmm. we look parasocial, meaning that we see something 
I feel like I know Kourtney Kardashian. Right. I feel like she's a homie. Right. She likes to eat organic. I like to eat organic. She she don't cry in public. I, I don't, don't cry, cry in public. public. You know, I feel like I know her. She's right. got such a dry sense right. of humor. She don't take shit from nobody. Right. She seemed like she meditate and do yoga on a right. daily. You know, right. I feel like that's my type of bitch. Yeah. I don't know her. We don't know her. That's parasocial. Yes. I don't that's know her. True. And I'm what ifing my life. Like, yeah. what if... What we don't I know have, the backstories. I, we can't even see outside of the frame. Right. So I can't see outside of the frame. I think often, like, I would love to see their staff. Mm. Like, who is their staff? Like, who are I their nannies? I know somebody who works with them. We're going to talk about that off, <laughs> off, the, off the record. But yeah, like, this this waiting and what-ifing, a lot of it comes from this parasocial thing of, yeah. like, that's what social networking does yeah. to us. That's yeah. what namely Instagram does yeah. to us. Yeah. Of like seeing people living these lives and comparing comparing ourselves to them. Yeah. We start to create emotional baggage uh-huh. based based on something that we don't even know. We're creating like but, stories and narratives in our head. Could we say that honestly? That's like true in like ninety percent of the cases, though. That like a lot of our emotional baggage is based on what we don't know. What we think yeah. is like one perception, even of a thing that happened to us, it's our perception. It's like one frame yeah. versus multiple lenses, and so like so much of emotional baggage. Can you say that again? Because I feel like I feel like the people in the back need to hear that. <laughs> I think that like ninety percent of our emotional baggage is based on what we don't know. It's based on what we think is happening, what we perceive to be happening. It's a limited scope. It's like a camera with one. Just, view, yeah, just one view, just one view, and so, and if we widen that camera, if we like took like, oh, let's widen this lens and try to see why this person did what they did and what's going on with absolutely. them over there, and I, you know, the I context t- is edited out, right? And and I find myself walking a thin line because like p- someone will say, oh, you know, I'll post a picture of my children doing something idyllic and beautiful, and yeah. then I'll say, oh, they're so cute, they're wonderful, and and I'm like. Yes, they are. This moment was fantastic, and then she had a, a t- yeah, and then she had a tantrum. I yeah. feel like I'm always trying to contextualize her people right. instead of just letting the highlight reel be the highlight yeah. reel and letting yeah. people have their moment. Yeah, like I'm always trying to be like, let me keep it real with yeah. you. Yeah, I'm, I'm never saying like it's not good. Right, I, I don't like being a mom, or I don't like my life. Um, right. But I'm like, yeah, that was a great moment. Remember, yeah. like. I went and I I filmed that commercial and it was dope a, a few weeks ago. Yeah. But I ended up on the editing room floor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, oh, what happened? Oh, yeah. I, I filmed a commercial and then I saw and the commercial. Instagram is highlights. Yeah. Instagram is one big highlight reel. But I feel like I'm always trying to protect people from feeling that way. Yeah. About like, oh, damn, you on set? No, what you doing? And yeah. I, instead of just being like, I'm glowing. Yeah. I'm glowing. Like, which is what I see mostly. Yeah. I'm always trying to keep it real. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm glowing in here, but yeah, also and. And. And, and like, things don't just happen in a vacuum. Like, it's good for people to show their highlight reel. And it's good for them to tell a story behind it. I, I mean, one of the things I love hearing from different um people that I admire is their background story. How did they get to that? What were their, I loved, like I've mentioned before, the Octavia Butler exhibit. She wrote out a lot of her insecurities, a lot of her doubts, a lot of her, her self critique on her work. And like seeing that normalized, Mm. it gave me full context for what it means to be a writer. So now when I write books, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, 
I'm just like them. Like I'm doubting myself, but I'm still writing. I'm questioning this mm-hmm. part, but I'm still writing. And so it's not about it's not about mm-hmm. not having those moments. It's about not stopping when you have those moments, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like mm-hmm. the emotional baggage we carry sometimes is an is not not an excuse to stop, but it, it's definitely like sludge. It like slows down our evolution. It slows down the trajectory that we're naturally on to our destiny, to our purpose. And a lot of it, like we were saying, is perception. It's not even rooted in what is actually happening. I always like to what are the facts? Mm. Like, what do we know? You know, mm-hmm. we can get caught up in our ideas of what everything is, but what do we know? Right. Um, like, you know, somebody probably thought Kim was amazing in that tape. Hey, you know, you know what? <laughs> somebody probably, and I was just like, mm. but you know how I'm, I'm pretty rigorous. So I've, I, I believe <laughs> yeah. there should be. You, 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 you're not a pillow princess. I fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, somebody probably was you like, know, wow. You, you know what I say about my, my friends that have been married more than one time? Uh, what? You the real ones. We the real ones. <laughs> the realest. <laughs> you, don't, you the ones... You don't want to see, I'm like, why, why Why can some people never be married and some people oh, yeah. keep finding a husband? <laughs> people like, you just, niggas just getting on one knee. Just getting, just, just, just getting it, down. It, it, <laughs> what are y'all doing in there? There was one person who told me, they were like, um, yeah, man, like to, to date you, you got to have like your credit right and... Gotta have your shit together, dealt with your childhood shit, like, cause you will be becoming Mr. Monier. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what that will look like. Uh, nah. And ain't gonna be nothing fucking up the brand. Ain't gonna be nothing fucking up the brand. Yeah, I don't, I don't, so I, I don't want that. No. No, I don't want that. <laughs> well, I'll let you have that. Nah, I mean, you know, it's not good. It's not good. It's so funny. I don't even know how we got here. Okay, the last one I was gonna mention was the, um, the packing light in terms of social justice, in terms of being woke. <sighs> and that's really, really, really hard. You know, there were news stories this week that were really disturbing. The, the mother in, um, in um, I think it was the Bronx, mm. um, whose child was ripped away from her by the police. And then there was... Um, that baby that passed away, that seven-year-old. The seven-year-old. That was dehydrated. <sighs> And Centoya, is that her name? Centoya. Um, like, the, there's all these stories about these injustices and it's just, just evil. I mean, there's not a, another word for it. Um, and so there's a lot of that baggage we're all carrying. One of the things I do when I see clients right now is I keep in mind that just by living in the society right now, there's an extra like 10, 20, if not 30, 40% weight that they're carrying that doesn't belong to them. That's like a social collective. Weight. Yeah. We're right now, we are living in the world mm. of the alt-right. Like mm-hmm. we are experiencing the alt-right yeah. in real time yeah. on a daily basis, yeah. the alt-right decisions. Like and and it keeps changing. Yeah. Like I'm like Jeff Jeff Sessions is an evil motherfucker, and then that nigga is gone. Yeah, like, he's out. He's out. He's and out. like, who's replacing him? Wait, yeah. what's going on? Wait, yeah. who's being indicted? Wait, Trump's lawyer is. What's going on? Yeah, right? it's a lot. It's a lot to take in all the time. And I think it's like for me with this in terms of keeping light because it is yeah. it is very difficult. Yes, you know, it is. like in the other aspects, the physical. 
I think the um, the emotional for me, like I do hold a lot of uh, feelings. Yeah. I don't know about a lot of. I don't hold grudges or anything like right. that, but I do store a lot of feelings. feelings. And the the world is a big contributor to what I'm storing. Yes. Yeah. Like I read news articles or I watch a video or I'm I see an Instagram story about something that's happening in a way that is is socially <laughs> like just like just like really just destructive. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, destructive to yeah. humankind. And I feel horrible yeah. for the rest of the day yeah. and I'm in tears or I'm depressed yes. or yeah. just like feeling really blue because of the state of the world yeah you know but for me that's that was the reason that I wanted to start this platform Absolutely. with you we I remember mm-hmm. yeah it was really for like for others but for myself too to be able to find the joy yeah. and in in the daily to find to pleasure, be the counter to be the counter voice to to enjoy life to feel the pleasures of existence to go and have some crazy dinner with smoke and uni and (laughs) burrata yeah i wrote that down burrata i don't know what that is we're gonna look that up later it's a cheese oh okay (laughs) it's a very light cheese but it's it's very good i'm sure you've actually had it before i don't think i've (laughs) but but this is a really heavy weight and for me um like a a girlfriend of mine, like she's been collecting um, things from her community and telling people on her IG, come bring stuff to my house. I'm yeah. going to drive it down to organization in San Diego and they're going to take it to TJ. Like yeah. those kind of things, yeah. I think, are ways that we figure out, OK, how can I be active yeah. in my life? Yeah. How can I make small shifts and changes how can i affect the lives of others and yeah. really give them what they need yeah not give your old donated clothes <clears throat> don't don't clear out your house to give to someone else but yeah. like really giving folks sleeping bags and Things you know need. yeah for, for me like i have a budget because i'm like always i am the person who's always donating online mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. oh what happened mm-hmm. okay what organization <laughs> like uh-huh. how can i help how uh-huh. can i help with that uh-huh. how can i help with that like to me those small things are just ways in which to continue to pour light yes. into the world yeah. in, in whatever way that we can. Like, yeah. Cause I'll that's not say, going away. No, I'll also say, um, as a person who's been so community focused and oriented through my, her whole life, my whole adult life has my whole life since eight years old has been about helping people, mm-hmm. helping people, being there for people. I'm learning that making sure I'm joyful mm. That I'm full of joy mm-hmm. is another way of me countering it. Mm-hmm. And then anybody who encounters me, mm-hmm. you know, experiences joy. Mm-hmm. And I've never thought about it through that lens. I've always felt like it was something I had to actively do or make happen for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized through all this craziness that's happening is that whatever I do as a black woman in this world, people will benefit from. Amen. Whether I... Ashe. Where, Ashe. Whether <laughs> I, uh, you know, use um, apple cider vinegar rinse on my hair, some, oh. somebody's going to benefit. Okay. Like whether I, you know, whatever I do, whatever I create, whatever I write, whatever I make, other people are literally always benefiting from mm-hmm. the labor and the creativity and the intellectual, spiritual work of black women except black women. Mm. And so I realized, oh, as a black woman, what I have to do is make sure I'm my happiest, Mm. my most joyful. Mm. And 
because people are still going to benefit from that. Right. The difference is if I benefit, right? Right. So it's actually, I will say during this really tumultuous time, I think it's created a whole new um, perspective for me. Um, it's made the sense of urgency shift from being about doing and accomplishing and, you know, getting all these different things to being my fullest self while I still have time to do that on this, in this life cycle. And, and I've, I feel you because I, I think about back to you and I in our twenties <laughs> and both being very transparent about struggling with depression yeah. or anxiety yeah. and like knowing that both of us do the daily battle with that. Yeah. You know, I oh, think, yeah. I think that that's the, the thing, like we can talk about joy as a choice yeah. that we're making. And not to say that if you have clinical depression that you're making a choice right. to be sad. I'm not right. saying that. Um, but I am saying that we do, we can engage in practices oh, yes. that create joy in our life yes. on a daily basis, that yes. create more pathways to <clears throat> happiness, more pathways to peace, right? Yes. And so that's what I hear from what you're saying yeah. is like, no matter what's going on in the world. No matter what. If I can get up in the morning and greet my kids with joy and greet my husband with joy, then to me, I win. Yeah. I beat Trump. I beat those mm-hmm. forces out there. Um, if if I can write something or come do this podcast, then... And that's just me being me, right? Let's go back to... That's just me not being tamed. Mm-hmm. That's me being wild. I think my wildest version of myself is extremely joyful and fun. Yeah. I mean, and, I, I remember <laughs> I remember years during these winter seasons where I couldn't get up. Yes. I couldn't get out. Like, I couldn't. Like, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, I remember even in college, I always tell this story, having a great friend, shout out to Rob. Like, Robbie would, like, crawl up in my mm-hmm. loft bed, take <laughs> the covers off from yeah. over my head, and, like, like pull me out of bed like I'm not gonna let you live in this this. I'm not gonna let you do this take me to the counseling office yeah make sure that I have food like I mean this to this day that's still like that's my fam that's my kin like I would do anything for Rob because Rob was like you're sad like yeah and it's okay Mm. that you're sad and what can we do today yeah to make a new win yeah and that win was like what can you do just to get up? Yes. What little piece can you let go to just yes. get up? What part of your heavy load can I listen to you so yes. that you can so you can can move forward, right? And I and I just want to acknowledge that like like I I think that these are we do carry a lot of emotions. Yeah. We do carry a lot of pain and I I don't want to um say like, "Oh, I'm just I got this figured out." I don't. Yeah, we it's a daily thing. I've been grieving. I had a such a close family friend pass and just been so sad about that. That person was such a part of kind of developing me as a child and as a person and and such a good person, yeah. like when a good person goes yeah. and like what yeah. that feels like, that absence on earth, right? And and being in my sadness and being okay to be in my grief, yeah, you know, and to spend time in that and to give myself space for that. So I don't carry that load right. Right. with me. Right. You deal with it as it comes. Emotions are, are, they're not meant to stay. They're not fixed things. They're meant to, they're transient, like thoughts. And they're meant to come and be experienced and acknowledged and 
move on so that the next thing can continue. And I think like what happens Mm -hmm. is because we don't build a mechanism, we don't give ourselves permission to experience it. Like you telling me, take these nine days to grieve was very important Mm. because I wouldn't have. Mm. I would have started thinking about what's the next thing I have to do. Mm. And that would have been, that grief would have been locked in my body. You know what I mean? And so I think I always tell people (laughs) feelings and emotions and this is this is quote in a course in miracles it says it's not asked that you not have negative thoughts it's asked that you don't keep them yeah and i think it's the same thing with emotions good or bad everything's transient yeah there really isn't a good or bad they're just information there's information this is what there's... you're experiencing this is what you need right now this is what you lack right now this is what you want right now it's just information and, and the but, judgment but on this, them the state of the, the <clears throat> there's this um teacher she's also a physician metaphysical teacher Joel Pukram she said we only actually have one emotion Mm. and it's love anything Mm -hmm. outside of that is not real Mm. you know (laughs) anything that we experience outside love is not real it's all a part of the dream it's all a part of the illusion Uh, it's all a part of the contrast that we create in this realm right and so if it is not love it is not you right it is not of you you're only experiencing that thing right right? you're only going through through that moment of that contrast. I was explaining this to to my child yesterday. Like, you know what? I think my bad. I've been in your way a little bit because I don't want you to experience. I want you to only be love. Right. And only know love. Yeah. But you need to know a little bit of pain, I guess. Yeah. Like you, I've been trying to shelter you mm-hmm. from the pain of, of this existence. Mm-hmm. But that's why we're here. Yeah. We came here for the full plate. A spectrum. A spectrum of the, emotions. And, the and none of them plate. are permanent. You know, I, my job, I talk people off, literally off the ledge. Hmm. Daily, sometimes weekly. Hmm. Off the ledge. One thing that I have learned hmm. is that most people don't want to die or don't want to harm. They just want the pain to stop mm. because they've forgotten that it can stop, mm. you know, that it's temporary. And so in small doses, I bring them back from the ledge by saying, you know, do you want to not feel anything? Or do you want to not feel this thing you're feeling? Mm. Just identifying that difference brings back the consciousness of aliveness, right? Yes. Like, oh, no, I do want to be alive because I do want to experience the other things. But I just don't like feeling this thing. Okay, well, then let's talk about this thing and why this thing feels the way that it feels. And let's remember that there was a time it didn't feel this way. And this and, thing wasn't there. And this thing wasn't there. And there will be another time when it's also not there and you're not feeling it. And what do you want to do during that time? So now you give back hope. I love that. You help open up that pineal that. gland and see beyond this particular moment. Because they are moments. And each day literally is a new day. I want to move on to the last segment because there's I can't say nothing better than that. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Um, I think uh, my words from the heart. Um, my words from the heart this week has have been um, not to feed my sadness, to feed something else. So imagining that my sadness is a big hungry 
being who has a big, big belly and just wants me to continue to just feed it, feed it, mm. feed it, feed it. Um, and the, that belly likes like garbage food as well, <laughs> <laughs> but also likes my tears and likes my poor me and likes my victim and likes I'm cold and likes I'm lonely and likes those things. But making a conscious decision not to feed my sadness, deciding mm-hmm. I'm going to give that, I'm going to starve my sadness out right now. And so mm-hmm. though this season, I know a lot of folks feel blue and I feel blue in this season all the time mm-hmm. because I am not from a cold climate. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. I'm really not hard. from a cold climate and I'm cold. I'm cold right now. I don't like to be cold. I like to be warm. Yes. I like to feel the sun on my yes, face. Yes, yes, yes. All those and, things. And that kind of seasonal switch becomes yeah. very difficult and I'm, and I start to swim in the sads yeah. and bake in the blues and just <laughs> listen to my sad music and cry my tears and just like really get off on it and yeah. i just decided my words from the heart this week don't feed it don't mm. feed it like starve it out feed curiosity feed playing guitar feed creativity feed something else mm-hmm. you know and so i've been making a decision sure. to just feed like I don't have to deny it. Yeah. But I'm going to consciously yes. decide and you have that to power. feed mm-hmm. other things that are going on. And yeah. the moment I feel that sadness creeping up and wanting some of my love and attention, I think of something, I'm going to go do this. And I give myself practices that aren't, I'm going to do Qigong. I'm going to, I had my, um, I had uh, Julius lead me in Qigong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I'm going to do things like that, that, shift my energy you know that makes me think of uh the kabbalion and the law of rhythm Mm -hmm. that if you know you're experiencing a low vibration emotion then it's not that you don't acknowledge that emotion is that you offer that emotion balance Mm -hmm. so you reach for something that will balance out that emotion to the middle Mm -hmm. because then you can truly understand what that emotion is here to tell you and experience in a in a in a in a impartial way in yeah. an objective way yeah. so if i'm feeling sad i'm not um trying like you're saying i'm just not gonna feed the sadness because the sadness is actually full mm-hmm. i need to feed my joy in that time so mm-hmm. i need to watch my favorite show or mm-hmm. turn on my favorite music mm-hmm. to just counter that balance so when something goes low you go high and also when something goes high you want to you go low go, you want to go low because you want to be you want to ground we're and you want to balance yes mm-hmm. Um, that's what that made me think of. So yeah, I just wanted my words for the heart. I just want to say, you know, as an exercise, go through your bags, see what's in there as like a just in case, see what's in there. as like, a, I just want to be prepared or maybe that you actually don't need for that day. It's like a 30 second, one minute exercise of just like packing a lighter load and leaving us with the words of Miss Erica Badu, bet your love could make it better. Bet your love can make it better. Sing it there. <laughs> that song is gonna stay in my life forever. Bet your love can make it Bet better. Bet your love can make it better. <sighs> See, we did it. Pack light. Pack light, y'all. <laughs>